Welcome to the Legit Cool Podcast. My name is River and I am all on my own today reviewing and recapping the 2023 Barbie movie. I don't know why I'd mention 2023. I feel like I probably should because according to IMDb it's Barbie um, 2023 which may imply that there was a different Barbie movie. I actually don't know. But um yeah, I'm here to review and recap Barbie, um, all of my lonesome. Usually I have a couple of other guys that would review and recap movies and TV series, but um, it was a struggle to try and convince the other guys to review this film for probably a good reason. Um, so I just ripped the band-aid off and decided that I was going to review the Barbie film that um, I was kind of dragged um, along to see this uh, by my friend Jim. Um, and it's not like I was completely opposed to seeing this film, but, uh, uh, Barbie is not really a film that I would want to watch in cinemas, you know? Um, that being said, you know, having a movie review podcast, I feel like there is some kind of obligation to go see this film. Um, and, um, I guess it's just what we do as film people. We go and see films regardless of whether there's, um, a sincere interest in the subject matter, uh, the content. Um, but anyway, whatever. Nonetheless, I went and saw this film. Kind of regret every moment of it, and I'll explain my quote-unquote objective reasons for it um, throughout this review. Uh, I was really hoping to like this film, and I was really hoping to enjoy it, but it was really, really difficult to enjoy any part of this. And I'm going to do my best to shine a little bit of light on what kind of worked what, what, what i kind of appreciated it uh in it and um just yeah give my overall thoughts and opinion um on top of doing the recap so if this is your first time here welcome to the logical podcast i appreciate you tuning in to listening to myself and occasionally a couple of mates talk about films um this podcast is a movie talk podcast so what does that really mean it means that we nerd out and flesh out analyze critique critique criticize i should say um and look at films and tv series as best as we can um with a near unlimited amount of time um which i guess i realize that it limits the amount of people that would want to listen to us talk for hours on end about certain films but i know there's a demographic out there that really loves that kind of stuff so i appreciate you and if you are one of them and you're new to this, then um, I appreciate you being a part of this. Um, so the the formula that we like to do on this podcast is um, this idea of a recap. You know, so the recap is I walk through the entire plot, the um, and break it down into the three act structure, which is the classic act structure that you have in most films. Um, and this is an opportunity for us to dive into. What what worked, what didn't work, maybe sway some of or change some of our opinions on our, our first impression. This is a really good way of kind of doing Doctor Operation on a film. I don't know if anybody's ever played Doctor Operation when you're younger. If you're like me, born in the '80s and grew up in the '90s, early 2000s, Doctor Operation was kind of a big family uh, board game fun thing. Time, time of the past. <laughs> um, yeah, so. 
that's basically what we're doing here with the recap. Um, talk about some facts as well, you know, just a l- little bit of an info dump on the film itself, um, what the consensus is right now with the film, um, the overall feeling out there, I guess, and then uh, I just throw in my five cents uh, towards the end or right up, like throughout the recap as well. So uh, getting into this Barbie 2023 film, it was directed by Greta Gerwig. It was also written by her. Um, it has a massive star cast in this. So huge. Um, there's a lot of reasons to like, for this film to be successful just by sheer of, just by the amount of cast members and famous cast members there is. So Margot Robbie, who's probably at the height of her career at the moment, who plays Prime Barbie, I want to say, or principal barbie i can't even remember what she was called in the film it's like barbie superior or something i forget i totally forgot but you know there's all sorts of there's like everybody in barbie land is barbie so i'm not gonna say typically i'd normally say the actor and the character they're playing but it's either barbie or ken so everybody is either barbie or ken whether you're male or female um margaret robbie Ryan Gosling, Issa Rae, Kate McKinnon, Alexandra Ship, Emma McKay, Harry Neff, Sharon Rooney, Anna Cruz Kane, Rita Aya, Dua Lipa. Oh, Dua Lipa. She's the um, singer, right? Okay, I didn't even know that. Nicola Kuglin, Emerald Fennel, Samuel Lee, um, a.k.a. Shang-Chi of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Kingsley ben Adur. I actually just finished watching Secret Invasion as well, which I'll also really, uh, release a review and recap on that, who plays one of the main scrolls or the villain of Secret Invasion. We've also got Nakudi Gatwa, Scott Evans, and John Cena, who makes like a cameo appearance, I should say. So all the guys are Kens and all the females are Barbies. Uh, with a runtime of two hours and forty-three minutes, this movie had a budget of a hundred and forty-five million, um, which is forty-five million more than Oppenheimer. So, have a think about that one. Um, the current box office intake of I'm doing this recording on what day are we? July twenty-seventh. Um, so as of today, the July twenty-seventh, uh, as a worldwide box office intake of four hundred seventy-two point six million. So it's, I don't think it's going to ever really get to a billion because I think it's slowing down at the box office. But uh, the production company or the producers, the distribution companies, they did a, they were smart in releasing it during school holidays. Obviously, summer blockbuster is kind of its thing, um, and. With the all-star cast and the virality behind Barbies, um, it's kind of on track to be successful even you know before it, it was released. So all the promotion material that was huge. I'd imagine a lot of this budget really went towards its marketing um, budget. <sighs> I'm drinking coffee. My, um, so excuse me. <laughs> um so, yeah, there was a lot of traction behind this, and I knew it was going to be successful. You know, we have um, strong IP such as Barbie and a strong cast like this. It's It's got to be successful. So no, no doubt about it. Um, will it make a billion dollars? I don't think it will. Um, I think it probably won't have the legs that people are expecting. However, it's got great reviews across the board, both Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, um, Metacritic, all these 
popular sites for um, uh, movie reviews and um, what do you call it, aggregate rating. Um, they're all pretty positive. Um, the Rotten Tomatoes score at the moment is 90% by the critics and it's 86 by the audience. So, I mean, that's like relatively close. It's pretty much 90%, um, the general consensus. So just a little bit about the synopsis. Um, the According to Rotten Tomatoes, the synopsis is to live in Barbie land is to be a perfect being in a perfect place, unless you have a full-on existential crisis or your kin. So I guess the idea that that they're conveying here in this really short synopsis is that Barbie land is perfect. Everything about it is perfect. They're not happy. Oh, sorry, they're not happy. They're not sad. Um, nobody's depressed. Um, nobody is like nobody has challenges. Everything is just pitch perfect. Um, but Ken is not quite that, which is, um, I guess that's just the thing. I'm not really sure if this is a real interpretation of the actual Barbie itself. I mean, I guess it wouldn't be. I mean, this is just creative expression and interpretation to create a story for a film. Um, and the consensus for Rotten Tomatoes is that Barbie is a visually dazzling comedy whose meta humor is smartly complemented by subversive storytelling. Okay, wait, let me read that again. Barbie is a visually dazzling comedy whose meta humor is smartly complemented by subversive storytelling. Okay, so that's subversive, uh, subversive, <laughs> let me start again. That subversive storytelling, I think, is exactly what I didn't appreciate about this film. Um, so I'm going to get into that a lot more. The meta humor, um, yeah, I guess there is a bit of meta humor in there. It's not it's not on the level of like scream meta humor or just meta-ness, not meta humor, but meta-ness. I don't think it's on that kind of level. But I think it's it's talking about this idea of a um, Barbie going into the real world and trying to discover the solution to Barbie's problem, which is um, this imperfection that Barbie starts to slowly build. And I think this is all this is all predicated on the owner of this said Barbie, this said Barbie, which I'm going to call Prime Barbie, because so forgive me, I actually forgot the name of Margot Robbie's Bar Barbie, but I guess she's like Prime Barbie, right? Um, she has this existential crisis where she starts to get imperfections and and so on and so forth. And so she travels into the real world to look for the solution, which is the owner of her to find out how she can become perfect again. So there is kind of a cool piece of, um, uh, there is a good concept here. There is a, there is something, there is an exciting story concept here. The way that they unfold it is laced in, in just heavy, 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 woke propaganda now this may or may not trigger you but that's just kind of the way it is <laughs> um there is a lot of these social issues that they like to bring up into this film and it's, they're not very they're not subtle about it at all um instead of creating a, a clever story around your social the social issues or the um political ideologies that you support or believe in and want to see propagate in society there is a way of handling it with good storytelling, and I just don't think they accomplished that at all. Rather than 
this story, the story's intention being a good story to tell, it was more their intention to convey this uh, social issue that we have in society, whether you agree with it or not. It was, you know, I felt that their intention was to lecture us, lecture the audience about social issues, as opposed to just telling a good story that we can be left with a message that is more impactful and valuable um, and thus creates a little bit more conviction. And that would have been a better story, I think, in instead of lecturing us. And so I think anybody who's, who's really objective or loves and sees good storytelling would probably agree with that sentiment of tell us a good story, don't lecture us about it. So I think this is where this movie fails quite a bit. Um, so I'm going to get into my first impressions and then I'll get into the recap. I guess I've already expressed my first impressions. Um, the movie, okay, let's just start off with some of the good things. The performances are good. The performances from Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie, they carry the film all the way to the end. Um, they don't do anything over the top. They don't do anything um, above and beyond what they're capable of. Um, and I don't think they do anything above and beyond what the characters were intentionally written for. Um, they just carry the film just through charisma, um, good chemistry between the two characters. Um and they're the ones that sort of create this believable world about Barbie Land, where the, where the, like what you, your takeaway from this film is uh, fun and exciting and visually dazzling, like how the consensus tells us, or that um, you just think, okay, like I, th I think this this movie is not as believable as it should be. You see, like as I was watching, as I was trying to get into this, and it was a, it was a huge struggle getting into this film. Um, I couldn't help but notice that the m movie, or especially the dialogue, because um, I don't think I have too much of a problem with the production itself, like the production design or anything like that. The dialogue was written in a way where it just felt like a sketch comedy on uh, SNL. It didn't feel like it was a script that was trying to take itself seriously. And I wasn't going into this film thinking that, I, or expecting that I wanted some kind of serious script, but... A script that is, at the very least, or at the maximum, I, sh I should say, the script should be synonymous with the world that you're building. And I just don't think those two things connected well. I think that there was a lot of seriousness and good budget behind the production design, but the script itself just didn't lead it. Well, it didn't really connect to the production design value. I don't know if that really makes any sense, but... There was a disconnect there is that you're spending so much money on the production design, but yet there's not a lot of thought um, with the dialogue between characters. It just felt too SNL. Um, I don't know if that really makes sense, but that's just kind of what I got out of that. And so it was really hard to get into the story because it just felt so slapstick and um, a sketch. Um, so that was kind of my first thing. But otherwise, you know, the production designers, it looks beautiful. Like the world that they build visually is quite convincing. Um, I, I do like the rest of the characters, like they're all just there to support and compliment Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. Um, 
there's not really much to say about those other characters. Um, I think the the best compliment that I can give this film is Margot Robbie just kills the performance. She really, really kills it. She fully sends it. She commits to what Barbie is. And um, the performance becomes way more interesting when she ironically becomes more human. So the story is about Margot Robbie's character, Barbie, Prime Barbie. And I like the story of her having the existential crisis that unfolds dramatically. Um, and in a way that when she goes to express it to the rest of the Barbies in Barbie land, everyone's all kind of shocked. You know, I think the line that she, she says is, um, I, I want to die or something like that. It's something like kind of dark, <laughs> takes a really dark turn and everybody just freezes and the DJ stops playing music and everyone's kind of like, what did she just say? And then she flips it by turning it back into this concept of uh, perfect Barbie land or life is perfect kind of thing. So that moment forward um, is the turning point for the character and also for the story. Um, and she then goes on this journey to discover like how she can become perfect. And so I like the message around that because we obviously don't really live in a perfect world and the pursuit of of perfectness is not really a pursuit that is ever doable. So there is some underlying messages there which I do like and appreciate. Um, it's just everything that all the bits and pieces that build towards that or help build it up, kind of like Jenga pieces, are just all these other kind of ideological, social issue messages that I just didn't appreciate at all. Because again, like what I said before, it's more lecturing as opposed to telling us a good story. Um, okay, so those are the things that I really liked about it. Everything else, which I, I guess is just all crowded around um, lecturing social ideological issues, uh, just it's just frustrating to to see that kind of stuff it's nothing more than just trying to convert everybody towards their um political positions really and uh, like I, I never really have a problem with having politics and film but to like make us feel something you know as opposed to rallying around or feeling or having this feeling like you're a protester within the audience the cinema is not really for that like cinema is a place where you naturally build um a sense of belief because the story is inspiring us that way right um it, it, it's like cinema is not a place where people are there to agree as protesters with the person who or the thing that is in encouraging you to protest. That's not really a place for cinema. Cinema is a place of entertainment, um, ways to to discover or be inspired by certain beliefs or values or anything like that. Or maybe not even like to discover beliefs and values. It's really a place to, to be entertained and be inspired. Um, by the end of it, you sort of form your own beliefs and values upon it, whether, whether the message is about whether whatever the message is um you believe or you don't believe okay so 
I think that's that's where the movie fails quite a bit. You know, it's trying to do two different things, trying to tell a cool story, which I, th- I think the story and the heart of this this story for Barbie is her going through an existential crisis and trying to overcome that. I think that's where the, the heart of it is. But unfortunately, it's kind of overshadowed by ide- ideological, social, uh, political beliefs and and that kind of stuff. So um, the direction, like, so the director herself, Greta Gerwig, I, I believe she's a great director. Um, her direction in this wasn't, overly complex or anything like that i think it was merely just a um a stand um to lecture us about social issues um so i don't think this is her best work by far um but um while, while i go through the recap i'm going to elaborate a lot more on my thoughts you know whether whether my thoughts are going to change or not will depend on how i analyze the recap and that's the benefit of doing this recap okay so i'm gonna get into it throw in a transition right there to get into the recap all right so act one stereotypical barbie uh quote-unquote barbie in a in a range and a wide range of fellow barbies all reside in barbie land a matriarchal society where all women are self-confident self-sufficient and successful while their kin counterparts spend their days engaging in recreational activities at the beach, the Barbies hold all-important job positions such as doctors, lawyers, politicians. Beach Ken, um, a.k.a. Oh no, quote-unquote Ben, is only happy when he is with Barbie and seeks a closer relationship, but Barbie rebuffs him in favor of independence and female friendships. During a dance party, Barbie is suddenly stricken with worries about morality the next day she finds she can no longer complete her usual routine and discovers her feet um have gone flat and she has cellulites <laughs> weird barbie a wise but disfigured outcast tells her that to cure her affect, uh, affliction she must travel into the real world and find the child playing with her on her way to the real world, Barbie finds Ken stowed away in her convertible and reluctantly allows him to join her. Okay, Act 1 kind of covers so much ground. I think it covers almost about like 20 minutes of the film. <laughs> um, so her having this um, this worry about morality, um, it interjects itself during what we would, what Greta Gerwig does pretty well at establishing the world, the perfect world of Barbie land. I like that we follow her routine day one, day two, day three. It's exactly the same pixel perfect, sort of seconds perfect, milliseconds perfect, um, conveying that idea of perfect world in Barbie land was very, very efficient. So I, I like and appreciate that. Um, we're slowly building a case for what Barbie is and how Barbie operates in this world. So that was quite good. Um, with the with that simple line, which I can't even remember, it was something to do with death, which is that inquiry about morality, um, to then she wakes up the next day and finds that like her routine is a little bit scuffed. You know, she's um, she's like you and I. You know, <laughs> we uh, we're a little bit tired in the morning. We're sick of brushing our teeth. We're we're sort of slogging our way to 
perhaps getting to work or doing our first steps in life, um, which is a nice kind of indictment on um, everyday life for human beings. Um, um, it's pretty, it's pretty cool how she goes to Weird Barbie. They call it Weird Barbie because by the end, she Weird Barbie also has a place in the society where not everybody is perfect, which is a little bit of a conflict in the storytelling itself. You know, they're trying to get Barbie Land back to what it was before, after like Ken infiltrates with all the other Kens. You know, the um. All the Kens, which are all the guys in Barbie Land taking over eventually, which I'll get into Act Two, obviously. Um, uh, this the conflict in storytelling here is the fact that they just allow Weird Barbie to be a part of this world, this perfect world, because it's about accepting all people and everybody which I guess is great, but there's nothing else in the story that leads or in or has an intention of us getting to that area where we're about equality and acceptance because the whole film is really just about those two things that I mentioned before. One, Prime Barbie by Margot Robbie is um, trying to get over this existential crisis, and two, their political messages around about how the patriarchy is is a bad thing and the matriarchy should have more opportunities in this world or whatever that, that kind of stuff but there's there's no there's no understory or understory or sort of a subplot that tells us that we're on this way to accepting everyone else uh, which i think is kind of the the real life problems that we have or the contradictions that a lot of these social political ideology um ideological uh, subjects have anyway so i guess it kind of works in their favor in that respect but it's especially when it comes to the story itself it it sort of contradicts each other which is not a great thing for storytelling i'm going to move on to act two arriving at venice beach the two cause multiple antics and are arrested alarming the ma the metal metal Oh, yeah, that's the name of the company that created Barbie. I can't remember how you pronounce it. Mattel, Matel, CEO, who orders their capture. Barbie tracks down her owner, a tween girl named Sasha, who criticizes her, criticizes her for encouraging unrealistic beauty standards. Distraught, Barbie discovers that Gloria, a Mattel employee, and Sasha's mother is the catalyst of her existential crisis. Gloria began playing with Sasha's Barbie toys while experiencing her own identity crisis inadvertently transferring her concerns to barbie um gloria and sasha rescue barbie from mattel's ceo and his subordinates and the three to travel together to barbie land meanwhile ken uh, ken learns about the patriarchal system and feels respected and accepted for the first time reuniting uh, sorry, reuniting. returning to Barbie Land, he persuades the other kids into taking over. The Barbies are subjugated into subversive roles, submissive roles, such as maids, housewives, and agreeable girlfriends. Barbie arrives and tries to convince Ken and the Barbies to return to the way things were, only to be rebuffed. She becomes depressed, but Gloria gives her an inspirational speech about what it means to be a woman okay so let's talk a little bit about gloria and Shh, why don't i not have her in the cast list that's weird let me have a look here um <laughs> it seems like the cast list from imdb is all taken over by barbie and ken which i guess is, makes sense but there, there are other two characters who are also 
principal characters, um, principal actors. I'm not sure who takes the main actress actress role here. I mean, of course, it's Barbie, but um, in a really strong way, uh, America Ferrera, who plays Gloria, who's the mother of Sasha, um, played by Ariana Greenblatt. Um, they seem to have like fairly strong and in other ways undermined characters that you you could probably have the impression that they are also main characters of the film, but they're not quite. Obviously, Barbie Margaret Robbie is the main character, but um, let's talk about these characters, Gloria and Sasha. So they're supposed to be representatives of society, and I guess mostly uh, mostly for women and. Gloria, like her characters, and like with her daughter's character, Sasha, they're a bit frustrating to feel any kind of empathy, sympathy. Um, Gloria, not as much as Sasha. Sasha's like this um, millennial tween who's just, um, who has a chip on her shoulder for society and the way society operates and has kind of the classic millennial um, issues. Um, as a teenager, which you and I know teenagers don't know nearly as much as what they should, what they believe or claim to know because they're just not adults. They don't have that life experience. She just has all those classic traits that most tweens have. Well, I don't know if I should say most tweens have because I don't think she's a good representation of tweens. I think she just represents the ants, uh, angst of most tweens (laughs) these days, which is like, um, they're living in this world where they're trying to propagate or promulgate, I should say, social issues and political issues, which is, again, just another piece of uh, walking plot device, or I should say, like, um, message carrier. <laughs> I don't know if that's the best way to frame it, message carrier, um, in what this film is trying to lecture us about. So, kind of frustrating characters. Um, Gloria is, you know, probably supposed to have a bit more um impact but the only kind of impact that she has is the same thing that i just repeated before and multiple times in this review is that they're just pieces of plot device that is to carry this social political message about women not being equal in the real world and and how they are perfect in bible land as well um she just has this like massive speech towards the end, which is a very contrived speech and kind of takes away a little bit from what Margaret Robbie's character is trying to do or the journey that she's trying to take or the journey that she's going on as well. I feel like her journey just gets infiltrated by all the political messaging. Um, and then kind of ironically falls flat on its face, the whole message, because they, they're all about equality or equality of outcome, or, or something like that, um, but is completely, like her story is completely vetoed by that, or they're sort of bumping into each other, or headbutting each other, right? Um, that's kind of where the conflict of storytelling comes into play, and I just don't think it's smart that you structure a film that way, because you're not convinced of either or, or one's just undermining the other. Um um, I'm just going to jump into Act 3 now. With the encouragement of Sasha, Gloria, Weird Bobby, Alan, who's played by Michael Cera. Oh, man, Michael Cera is a great actor. I don't know why he signed up to this, because he has nothing to do. Um, 
I guess an argument could be made with none of the other Kens have anything to do as well. Um, sure. I mean, a lot of those actors are not like nearly as well known as Michael Cera. I just don't know why actors like Michael Cera and even Will Farrell, you know, who plays the CEO, they kind of play what I like to call character assassination. Um, I think they, they're just wanting to be martyrs of perhaps political, ideological um, beliefs that they had that they wanted to sign up to. Um, perhaps that's the reason why they decided to do it. I don't know. Um, but it's just weird that you have someone like Michael Cera playing a character that has nothing really to do with the story at all. Like you couldn't have, like, these characters could have easily not been in the film and the film wouldn't have changed. So, yeah, um, with the encouragement of Sasha, Gloria, Weird, Bar Weird Barbie, Alan, and other discontinued dolls, the Barbies free themselves from the Kens and manipulate them to fight amongst themselves, allowing the Barbies to regain their positions of power and prevent the Kens from altering the Constitution to enshrine male superiority. The Barbies also realize the error of their previous societal system and decide to make changes in Barbieland, including better treatment for the Kens and all outcast dolls. Barbie and Ken apologize to each other and acknowledge their failings. Ken bemoans that he has no identity or purpose without Barbie, to which Barbie encourages him to find an autonomous identity. Barbie, who remains unsure of her own purpose and identity, meets the spirit of Mattel co-founder and Barbie inventor Ruth Handler, who explains that Barbie's story has no set ending and her ever-evolving history surpasses that of her roots. Barbie decides to become a human and return to the real world. Sometime later, Gloria, her husband, and Sasha take Barbie, now going by the name of Barbara Handler, <laughs> to her first gynecological appointment. The end of Barbie 2023. Now, I think the best part of the film, it, it tries its or attempts to wrap itself up in a way that's not overly confusing or complicated it wraps itself up almost in a way that there was a different story that they tell let me think about this for a second so the bobby inventor who we meet i think yeah we definitely meet her in the third act and then she has a bit more of a, um contribution to where bobby ends at the end which is it's kind of like you know god inciting um more or i don't know like developed ideas about who you are um there's a little bit of like strangely there's a little bit of philosophy in here um existential crisis um discovery of who you are and what your purpose is in life and all that kind of stuff um there is kind of a third wheel story that interjects in this part which is um barbie knowing what kind of decision that she never foresaw or could never foresee um, that like her becoming human, you know, she thought that she was going to become Barbie again, which is in the perfect world. Um, that in and of itself is kind of a good lesson, especially for young people, but all the other messaging around it again is a bit overwhelming and kind of overshadows the real story here, which is just Barbie becoming a human. Um, so, 
I think the treatment of these characters, especially like the way men are treated in this, um, it's intentionally trying to tell us that um, in some way men should be treated like this and women should be treated like this. They throw in a little bit of um, reprieve by saying we should all have a new society where everybody is equal and blah, 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 but yet it's not really what they're saying, what they're lecturing us about, about a more equal society is not the way Barbie land ends up. It ends up with women um, taking over again what Barbie land is. And, and rightfully so. I mean, that's Barbie land. That's not the real world. However, that's just the message they're trying to convey, but it's a bit of a conflict in what they're, what they're believing because you can't have equality and yet have all the women run everything. That's also not equality too. Um, so like that doesn't even work as a piece of film um, storytelling it, and it definitely doesn't really work in the real world. So it's, it's, it's weird when you have films like this where Hollywood wants to just lecture us about social issues, there is a way that you can do that. Um, there are, great storytellers out there that like to have this type of messaging um i can't think of a lot uh, at the moment but what comes to mind because you know i just saw it last week and i reviewed and recapped this a uh, couple of episodes ago was oppenheimer oppenheimer is a heavily political thriller that um does a brilliant job of telling us the or giving us insights to how politics work um on the real scale there's suspense, there's, um, there's deceit, there's corruption. It's amazing what Christopher Nolan managed to tell us in that story um, without lecturing us. That's, that's, just a, that's a great example of good storytelling without lecturing. So I think all in all, it's, this film, I feel a little bit better about it um, as opposed to my first time oh, straight out of the theater um impression because straight out of theater impression i just completely hated um my time <laughs> and i i really didn't enjoy it at all um after the recap and after talking about it for a little bit i do feel a little bit better about it and i and i do think that the things that i think is good in this film is i think most people would agree with and the things that are bad i don't think a lot of people would agree with that as well i know dan mural from um, YouTube, he's also a really good movie reviewer. You should check him out. Uh, me and him are more or less on the same page on how we see this film. But I do think that we have a similar outlook and analysis on most films as well. I don't agree with a lot of his reviews, but more or less, I like we're on the same page. So maybe you should check him out as well. He does a great job of elaborating his thoughts on what worked and what didn't work on a Barbie film. That's Dan Murrell, M-U-R-R-E-L-L, -L, I think it is. Um, but yeah, so um, the rating I give this film is a 5 out of 10. Five points really just go towards Mark Robbie, um, especially Ryan Gosling and the production design. And also the attempt to tell us a brilliant story at the heart of it, which is Barbie going through the existential crisis and then becoming eventually becoming human. I think that's great. They should just double down and focus on that and elaborate more and get the other supporting characters to do a good job at supporting that story ethos. I think the movie would have been so much better. Um, and that's really all I have to say about that. <laughs> um, so 
the next thing I'm going to be reviewing and recapping is the Secret Invasion story. What's Secret Invasion story? The Secret Invasion TV series from Disney Plus, Marvel Cinematic Universe. We are in Phase 5. Um, that might be a bit of a frustrating review and recap. However, I'll be reviewing and recapping that. So stay tuned for that. Um, and thank you for tuning into the legit cool podcast if there's any other tv series or movies that you'd like myself and the rest of the boys to review and recap uh, please feel free to drop them in the comments on any of the posts on instagram you can find all our social media handles in the show notes um with that being said i'll leave you guys to it thank you so much and we will you will hear from us soon bye bye